Welcome, everyone, to the 14th episode of POV Crypto. I'm David Hoffman, here with my buddy Christian. Christian, how you doing? David, it's freaking Friday. Thank God. Today's a good Friday. This episode is going to be a good one. We have a, a MakerDAO versus Bitcoin conversation, really bringing POV Crypto back to its roots. When Christian and I got started, we uh, kind of butted heads with where we thought the uh, crypto verse is going. We, we have different ideas that we like to bounce off of each other. And sometimes we disagree. Oftentimes we disagree. And this episode is one of those instances. We definitely agree on a lot of things now versus when we first started our adventure in crypto together. We didn't really agree on anything. Very true. Um, but now, now that we have kind of uh, met each other in the middle, the places that we do disagree on become really interesting. So this episode is inspired by an article I wrote called MakerDAO Bitcoin in Two Coins. Uh, you can find it on my Medium. Uh, and it talks about how uh, MakerDAO provides perhaps a new competitor to Bitcoin that is uh, distinct from all the other Bitcoin competitors. 2017, we saw a host of, um, you know, proof of work, finite supply clones of Bitcoin come to market and try and compete with Bitcoin. Didn't really work too well. Um, and so my proposal is that MakerDAO is going to be this new sort of system that offers a, a different um, but equally viable solution to the issue of the central bank. Guys, if you haven't read the article, you need to. It's a great article at Trustless State on Medium, on Twitter. Look David's stuff up. It's really great. When I read the article, there was a lot of things that really uh, resonated with me and MakerDAO really impressed me. But at the same time, I just could not agree that it is Bitcoin in two coins. It's completely different. And for many reasons where I'm going to um, you know, kind of elaborate on, MakerDAO cannot be or serve the purpose that Bitcoin is serving. All right, so let's get into it. Uh, the biggest comparison that I would make between MakerDAO and Bitcoin is that Bitcoin has this 21 million limit of, of the coins, and that really provides the theory of it being sound money uh, because it's deflationary. Um, no one can print more. And if you have one Bitcoin, you always have one Bitcoin. And so that solves the issue of a, a central bank printing their way out of debt or printing their way um, and stealing funds from, from from those who hold the currency, um, and so that's something that's super useful and not lost on you know almost anyone in the world who uh, understands that holding money isn't really the most valuable thing to do. Maker's equivalent is that it started at a uh, hundred million MKR, and as the Maker DAO system develops, it burns MKR, and so it's actually actively deflationary in comparison to Bitcoin's finite supply. Uh, and so it's a similar mechanism, but it's a it's a mechanism that incentivizes ownership of uh, of the MKR token, because if you buy one MKR token now, you will actually have a larger percentage of the network in the future, so long as there is no black swan event that leads to a minting of MKR token. So, David, I know that in the article, you kind of broke down how uh, MKR works Um and how that produces some effects that you think uh, make it very similar to Bitcoin. And again, I have to admit, there are some effects that if the system works, um, you know, do resemble Bitcoin uh, deflationary, um, a system that uh, a system that takes advantage of the Lindy effect. Uh, it's completely, for the most part, not centralized outside of, you know, the code 
being built. But, you know, in terms of money is minted in a totally decentralized fashion, uh, you know, again, I think it's pretty interesting. But do you kind of want to break down how MakerWorks for those of the for those out there that don't know how it works and then we can kind of compare and contrast? Yeah, totally. Uh, so MakerDAO's first product is DAI. And DAI is a stablecoin that's currently pegged to a dollar, uh, but in the future that peg could be updated to something that's not the dollar, such as a basket of currencies. Um, and what's unique about um, DAI is that it's it's per, uh, forever like entangled with the MKR token. So they're like uh, two twins, they're two peas in a pod, they're in the same system, but they have totally distinct qualities. Uh, and so all the risk through the clever use of smart contracts, all the risk has been taken away from DAI and given to MKR. And so it's like it's like separating Bitcoin's uh, um, medium of exchange quality and it's giving it and, and store of value qualities and it's giving it only to one token. And then it's taking Bitcoin's um, uh, network effects and uh, gr uh, growth based on uh, transaction volume and it's giving all of the speculation qualities and it's giving it to MKR. And so by over collateralizing uh, a loan, um, so I'll, I'll take a step back. People get DAI when they take Ether and they lock it up inside of the MakerDAO system. Uh, and so say, for example, you have $1,000 or $1, worth of Ether, you can lock it up in what's called a CDP, a collateralized debt position. And that's simply exactly as it sounds like. You are in a position of debt that's collateralized by your Ether. So you have $1,000 worth of Ether in the CDP and you get issued some amount of DAI less than that. Uh, and so I think uh, the limit is 150% collateralization. So if you submit $1,000 worth of Ether, you can pull out $666 uh, worth of DAI. Uh, and so there's your loan. And you can take those DAI and you can do anything you want with it. It's totally permissionless. It's your money. You can go buy more Ether with it. You can cash out uh, for actual dollars and pay off your credit card or whatever. It's up to you. So effectively, if you were to take Ether that you don't intend on selling, put it in a CDP, get a loan, get DAI, buy more Ether with it, it's like a light form of leverage. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. You could you, you could buy more Ether with it, and then you could also take that Ether that you bought with that uh, DAI, and then you could submit that into the CDP to over-collateralize yourself even more to make it even less risky. For those of you who listen to this podcast know that I'm pretty strong on the Bitcoin camp, but when you see kind of this decentralized financial services coming about, it's pretty amazing. Again, you know, I don't know if you would necessarily consider this fully decentralized. There is a identifiable group of people who are building it and obviously can update it. But in terms of, you know, building out a system that functions without uh, a centralized entity to manage it, it's pretty damn impressive. Yeah. And uh, the there's currently 60 plus million die in circulation. That number used to be higher uh, when Ether was higher. It was like 72 million or something. Um, and that 60 million uh, die is currently backed up by 165 million dollars worth of ether, uh, and so what that means is that die has this over 100 million dollars of extra buffer that uh, ether price could drop by, um, and the the value of die would still be supported. So the value of die is pegged to a dollar through this buffer and uh, so ether price can go up and down up and down but so long as it doesn't go uh, down so quickly 
uh, that it, that die becomes under collateralized, die should always be pegged to a dollar. What happens if the price does go down too quickly? This has never happened before, but if ether price, so if we're if we have sixty million dollars worth of die and one hundred sixty five million dollars worth of collateralized ether, if that ether gets cut into like. Um, I don't know what the ratio is, like like 70% or something. If it drops by 70% and we're down uh, below the collateralized, uh, the, the amount of dye, then um, uh, in the current form, we have this pooled ether that gets minted, but I'll actually ignore that since it's going to get updated soon to, um, to talk about uh, the MKR token. And so the, in, in what's going to happen is that the MKR token will get minted in order to sell off assets, in order to uh, repay loans, so that there is a, there is a, there is enough ether to collateralize the amount of die, and so uh, MKR holders are like the uh, the lenders of last resort. So they're the ones that uh, suffer the consequences if their system, which they in theory incorrectly governed, or else there wouldn't have been this minting event. Um, they their token gets. Uh, uh, inflated from as a kind of like a punishment for incorrectly governing the system, and so that's what gets sold off to make sure that the all the all the lo- all the die is sufficiently collateralized. Effectively, there's this scheme where if loans are being liquidated, ether prices are dropping, and the quote unquote ether reserves are not high enough to back out the amount of loans die that is out. Um, the MKR smart contract will begin minting maker tokens and selling them to build up the reserves to a um, safe level again. So effectively, token holders who are relying on scarcity, um, you know, get inflation as, you know, as they are the lenders of last resort, they have to take on that burden um, via inflation. It's kind of funny to think that that's actually how the government is working right now all the time, is it's just constantly printing on us and we are just taking the brunt of it. We are the lenders of last resort through inflation. So, you know, if that is the worst case scenario for Maker, that is everyday life in fiat. True, true. But the difference is, is when the U.S. government prints U.S. dollars, uh, us as U.S. dollar holders, we suffer. Um, but uh, you only suffer as a MakerDAO participant if you are owning the MKR token. And so uh, the DAI is the uh, the first, the most protected currency in the system. And so you only suffer the consequences of printing if you are holding MKR. So you never actually lose if you're holding DAI, um, simply because the DAI is the first and foremost product of the MKR system. And so it is it is held most in strength. Um, Another thing that's interesting to know is this kind of is pretty simply represents a Keynesian versus an Austrian solution to the central bank problem. And so where the Austrian solution to the central bank problem is Bitcoin, the Keynesian problem to the central bank issue is MakerDAO. Uh, and so because MakerDAO, which you can just think of it as a bank of Ethereum, it's, it's Ethereum's bank, uh, it it allows uh, the you as a MKR token holder, you can increase or lower the debt ceiling, you can increase or lower interest rates. And all of these things are what the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States is able to do to change monetary policy. The difference is MKR is provably solvent by the by design all the time. And so it can never be insolvent because it doesn't doesn't allow that to happen. And it's always fully auditable. So you always know that there is ether in the bank backing your die. 
And so I think it's it's equal equal ways to solve the issue of the separate of the central bank problem, um, but just diff with two different mechanisms. Is Ether money? being used as money maybe maybe it's money in the short term i don't know if it'll win the battle though i think i think money is a is a battle and i agree with dan held he says that bitcoin is the apex predator of money well that's just an experiment that we're ha- we're gonna have to see um i don't believe that there's gonna be like thousands of monies out there with cryptocurrency but i could totally see two monies uh, i don't really believe in too much else after bitcoin and ethereum but uh i think that uh Bitcoin and, and Ether could really fight for space. But you do bring up a good point is that the maker, the success of the MakerDAO system also depends on the network effects of Ethereum. Uh, and so there's an extra dependency there that Bitcoin doesn't have. And you're bringing up my arguments before even I can. You want to double down on that one? All right. So wh- where do we go from here? Um, you kind of broke down how CDP work or how the CDPs work and how DAI gets minted. And then what happens in the case that there is uh, inflation. Oh, sorry. What happens in the case that Ether is dumping? So what else is important for people to know? And why do you think that Maker could be a widespread money system? Well, we've, we're yet to see uh, an event that causes uh, the, the global settlement of, of MakerDAO. Um, so far, everything has been going according to plan. If you go to uh, this web, very, very useful website called mkr.tools, you can see some of the stats of the MakerDAO system, and you can go back in time and you can cross-reference uh, the the fast drops of Ether price, which are matched by uh, people locking up more and more Ether in the MakerDAO system. So when Ether went from like uh, $200 to $130 recently, uh, the amount of Ether in MakerDAO jumped by like 15% to uh, make sure that people are, are collateralizing their loans. Um, and so it's it's not dropping prices that threaten MakerDAO. It's rapidly thr- uh, dropping prices that threaten MakerDAO. And so if people people who have all these individual CDPs are reacting fast enough, um, they will be able to collateralize uh, their loans to protect DAI. And so it's it's indiv- the cool thing about this this system is that it's individual rationally uh, incentivized uh, economic agents that. which are people opening up CDPs, they are taking risk first before MKR holders are. And so it's because the MKR or MakerDAO system is really a bank that allows people to submit Ether and pull out DAI. uh, Those people are, it allows those people to take risk first before MKR holders. And those are the people that get liquidated um, first if they are taking risky behavior. And so this is something that's kind of, we're getting into the topic of social engineering here because it's the role of MKR token holders to correctly engineer the MakerDAO system so that it incentivizes people to lock up Ether and open up a CDP, but it doesn't incentivize them too much so that their risk gets out of hand. And so it's only uh, only when um, MKR token holders uh have allowed systemic risk is when they get uh, punished for doing so. And so it, it, it inspires and fosters good behavior on MKR token holders to make sure that all people that open up a CDP aren't doing, aren't, aren't all taking on too much risk all at the same time. And with the current um, collateralization ratio of like 260%, I would say that's a pretty safe um, collateralization ratio. Ether would have to drop to like, uh, like, $55 I think uh, for there to be for there to be a, uh, a minting of MKR so but even if it dropped to like $75 
ether cdp holders could um come and submit ether into their into their uh their cdp and back it up yeah and that kind of reminds me of a tweet that you tweeted a couple days ago where you uh posted a metric that you think is really important for a dap is how much ether it accumulates inside the contract so uh can you kind of talk about that a little bit and why things like auger and maker are showing good signs of ether growth I think there's only three types of tokens that are actually worth your uh, investment intention. There is tokens that represent assets. So that's like a security token. That's like representing a house or something. There are tokens that allow um, in uh, cash flows. And that's tokens like uh, 0x or uh, Omise Go, which allow a flow of Ether. And then there's tokens that lock up Ether that allow some sort of like cash dividend in a different way. And so that's that's MKR and Augur. And so MKR has 1.4% of all outstanding Ether locked up in the system. And that is a function of the value of the MKR token. And so for every outstanding loan there is, so say, say you open up a $1,000 uh, loan, and so you owe a thousand die back to the MakerDAO smart contract system. You're charged a 2.5% stability fee over time. And so in one year, you're going to owe a thousand and two point five dollars, and then that two point five dollars goes to burning the MKR token. So the stability fee goes and buys the MKR token off the secondary market and burns it. And that's how MKR tokens uh, actually um, they actually deflate. Or in in supply over time, um, and so that's why that's why buying one token now will be worth one more than one token later, um, and so th- you can measure the rate of the burning of MKR as a function of how much ether is locked up in the MakerDAO system, and so when when people who have the MKR token see a bunch of ether get locked up, that they can view that as future stock buyback in a way because their stock is going to get bought by the MakerDAO system and that will return value to them. Well, something that kind of like stands out to me is it seems like the MakerDAO system is trying to repeat a lot of Bitcoin's effects, but in a more traditional company bank uh, infrastructure, which is kind of interesting. And it leads me to think like, why add so much extra complexity to effectively do the same thing? Theoretically, obviously, die is a short-term stable coin um, but personally i think that the added complexity is the price that you pay for that short-term to build stability um, again whereas um, you know effectively you're trying to do what bitcoin is proposing to do in the long run in a you know more robust uh, less uh, attackable way um, you know no no lending no burning no um voting nothing like that um which could you know have some sort of a uh attack vector or black swan um or be you know again be susceptible to a black swan event which in again like imagine if there's a fatal flaw in the integrity of gold it wouldn't be a good money you know throughout history so it's pretty important that these underlying systems have no fatal flaws and again i just see maker as making trade-offs for the short term yeah I, I there is some there is a significant value in simplicity uh and bitcoin is the most simple blockchain of all time and much to its benefit because like you are right the more complex you get the more attack surface area you get um but that's just a trade-off that maker is making uh you have to have complexity to have this dual token system 
um, I guess it's actually a three token system if you count ether uh, that present, but it also, um, because of that complexity gets useful services, uh, financial services, um, like stability in a token and, uh, permissionless loans, like a permissionless loan at 2.5% is a pretty huge value. Um, and so, I mean, and then you're also totally right. Like smart contracts are buggy. There could be a fatal flaw that could mess up the whole system. Um, but if that's not there, then the power of decentralized loans at 2.5% could really benefit um, the MakerDAO system in the long term. Yeah, I mean, and granted that you only get that 2.5 loan because you have more than 100% of the collateral. So it's not like getting a, a loan that's 8%, but you know you don't have the collateral or only a percentage of the collateral. True, and that, that does illustrate one of the weaknesses of the DAI stablecoin comparison to other stablecoins. Um, there's three stablecoins out there. There's kind of a stablecoin trilemma. Um, one of them, the, the DAI stablecoin is uh, capital intensive, and so it takes more than $1 to produce a DAI stablecoin. Um, and then you have asset-backed stablecoins, um, which uh, is a centralized service. And so there's a trust issue involved, but it's not capital intensive because $1 equals is what you what it takes to produce one stablecoin. Um, and then I forget the name of the third one, but it's the basis model where it's a, oh yeah, it's game theory uh, token where like uh, if you buy five tokens, but those tokens go up in value. So you have $6 worth of, token, of tokens, the smart contract um, starts to... Uh, mint more tokens and so even though you have more tokens than dollars you have the same amount of dollars over time and so it's the the dollar value should always be the same even if the um the token value or the token number goes up and down so those are the three types and and dai's weakness dai's biggest weakness is that it's capital intensive it takes takes like a million dollars to produce um half a million dollars worth of dai um but I mean, it's permissionless and you don't have to ask, you don't have to, you know, it's, it's up to you and you get to, it's like kind of, it's like having a credit card that's based off of the collateral you have in your bank. You can spend as much on your credit card as you want, so long as you actually have the money to back it up. Uh, and I think that's actually just going to promote responsible spending habits in the future if this, uh, this system gets adopted. Yeah. Well, in general, these crypto systems, they uh, incentivize people to speculate, but they also incentivize people to save. HODL is, you know, effectively an internet meme for save. So um, I, I'm very optimistic with the future of saving. Saving in America has been terrible. So thanks to Bitcoin and now other cryptos, other people are being influenced to save. Um, even all the XRP shills are saving their XRP. Not what I would do, but they're saving. So that's a good habit. I hope they're saving other stuff too. Kind of jumping back into Maker. I mean, so in the article, you really kind of like compare th on three different levels how Maker is um, having similar effects as Bitcoin. Can you kind of jump into those? Um more specifically and talk about why those things are like important for maker to be a money system yeah um so one of the the, the cool thing is is that it's maker dow is a central bank but is a, it's like a decentral bank i don't really i need to figure out how what to call it because it, it's like the central bank of ethereum except it's not central it's decentralized maybe that's it um, the decentral bank decentral bank of ethereum <laughs> could catch on We'll keep on saying it. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, so the Decentral Bank of Ethereum is fully auditable, solvent by design, um, 
and does all the same. It solves all the same problems as Bitcoin, um, and but it does it with the ability to inflate uh, the supply or or deflate the supply of Dai. Um, the the really cool thing I like I like about it is that uh, it's a governance system, and so if you buy MKR token, you get to participate in the governance, um, and so it kind of has this uh, Bitcoin Bitcoin's um, politics, which is how Bitcoin is governed. Bitcoin is strictly not governed on chain; it's governed by people conversing and talking and proposing changes. Um, and there's a lot of conversation in the MakerDAO theory about, or in the in MakerDAO community about how to properly design the voting systems and it's it's getting like philosophical in the same way bitcoin is it's like how how do we properly uh inform voters how do we make sure that voters don't get gamed how do we deal with bribing like what happens if there's um people who are incentivized that MakerDAO uh, raise the debt ceiling and so they contribute a fund to convince people to raise the debt ceiling so it's all the same problems that we see in in typical um, political systems, and so that that's something we're talking about. So, what kind of stuff can the making token, the maker token holder, uh, you know, people vote on? Can they change the actual implementation? Can they, like, what kind of stuff can they vote on to change? What kind of power do they have? Yeah, I I don't actually know all of the options that the MKR token can vote on, but I know I know a pretty good amount of them. Um, so. The first uh, thing that was voted on by MKR token holders is the choice uh, to raise the debt ceiling. So at one point in time, the debt ceiling was $50 million and, and the MKR token holders came to vote and raise it to $100 million where it is today. In the future, there will be a vote to initiate multi-collateral die, uh, And so there will be uh, other collateral types other than just Ether. Uh, there is a, a token on Ethereum called uh, Digix DAO, I think, and it's a token that represents a gram of gold. Uh, and so it's using gold to back DAI, so it's totally alternative from Ether. Uh, I believe uh, OMG token is going to be proposed to become collateral in the MakerDAO system. And so we're going to have three collateral types that's backing up uh, DAI, uh, and that will all be voted on by uh, MakerDAO. Do you think that they should collateralize OMG, something that doesn't even exist yet? Yeah, uh, that's something worth... Um, we're talking about. I think that's a little bit hairy. I do know that. Um, I think it was Rune or maybe Andy uh, talked. To one of the leaders in the MakerDAO system uh, talked about the issue because Omise Go is both very closely tied to Ethereum and also not yet a live project. Uh, but he gave some analysis uh, about why that might not be such a big deal. Uh, so we'll we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, and then the other thing that MakerDAO uh, token holders can vote on is the interest rate. And so at one point in time, the interest rate was 0.5%, which is very low. And they raised it to 2.5%, um, which to, to make people a little bit more uh, cautious, a little bit more risk adverse, um, and not just print die willy nilly because they only have to pay 0.5% a year, which is nothing. Um, so they raised it to 2.5% to and making people a little bit more cautious. So it's it's just the same, all the same uh, levers and buttons that the Federal Reserve has over the supply of cash in the United States. MakerDAO has the same levers and incentive mechanisms to promote saving or to, um, you know, all the other, all the, all the same behaviors. Um, there's also this thing called the die savings rate. And so they're going to open up a, a contract that you can submit your die to 
in order to get some percentage of uh, uh, yearly interest, just like a bank savings account is something along the lines of like one to 2%. Um, so that's another mechanism that uh, MakerDAO has control over. They get to raise or lower the incentive to save DAI. Uh, and so I think that's actually a pretty cool um, feature. They're going to be able to create like a saving, a DAI savings account on Ethereum. And DAI is going to become the internal savings currency of the Ethereum platform. Wait, so someone's going to get a, or create a CDP, pull DAI out at 2.5% and then save it at 1%? Why wouldn't they just buy Bitcoin at that point? Well, no, you don't need to, um, you don't need to open a CDP to get the DAI. If you, if you buy DAI off the secondary market, you can have that access to the, to the 1% to 2% savings um, without being, without pulling out a loan to do it. I knew you were going to answer exactly like that, but I just had to. I just had to give it the little job. <laughs> Yeah, but you are right. Somebody is paying 2.5. Well, that, where do you think that, that interest goes? That interest goes to pay the people in the savings rate. I thought it went to burning maker. They, they split it down the middle or some percentage. Well, the maker tokens will decide who gets what percentage of the uh, interest fee. I mean, I guess some people can look at that and say, hey, this can be our monetary po- our monetary system because just like our current monetary system, you know, people can adjust and, you know, make things lubricate things you know make sure that people are saving the right amount make sure that people aren't borrowing the wrong amount and stuff like that and the way i see it is like why the hell are you getting in between the market and discovering the price like why do we need voters to manipulate that like fool me once i thought we're trying to exit this kind of a system you know granted maker again is fully transparent and stuff like that but still like why do we have this additional complexity of voting and um, increasing or decreasing uh, the debt ceiling and you know does that mean uh, Andreessen Horowitz the venture fund is going to be able to control savings rates in the future like what is happening with this again I I just think that Maker is a cool experiment I think it's doing amazing stuff especially in the short run it could have a ton of utility but in the long run like you just can't compare it to a system like Bitcoin. It's worth noting that the MakerDAO system actually doesn't need the MKR token, kind of. Uh, you could create, you could deposit Ether into a CDP and pull out a stablecoin that's um, over collateralized all the same. Uh, but it's just not, to me, it's not as elegant and beautiful as having a voting system that correctly or maybe incorrectly one day uh, incentivizes or discourages the masses for doing risky behavior. Um, and so... When somebody needs to decide what is worth collateralizing and what tokens aren't, because we don't want a bunch of shit coins being collateralized in the MakerDAO system, uh, and so, and so, um, what was it? Dan, Dan Larimer actually created the uh, the original lockup token X get token Y that's uh, stable at a reduced rate. He created that system, but he didn't have the voting. He didn't have the MKR. Um, voting token uh, integrated into it and I, that, I think that's actually the beauty of the M- the maker DAO system um, and not very many people actually need to vote uh, if you just want to the, the minimum requirement for participating in the maker DAO ecosystem is simply to transact and die uh, and so Christian if I were to owe you seven dollars uh, in theory that we could send seven die through the square app peer-to-peer um, permissionlessly um, and that would 
that would be like the minimum uh, the minimum participation in the MakerDAO system. It's only if you really are involved in the community and you think you have important things to say and you want to be a part of the MakerDAO governance does voting uh, f- uh, fit for you. Uh, so it's not it's not required by everyone. I just don't believe in voting on the blockchain. I think that blockchains or proof of work plus blockchain, the combo that made Bitcoin, um, that enables us to organize in a new and novel way. And voting was the old way for us to organize. Um, Voting is technology that enabled us to, you know, voting plus uh, higher rates of literacy plus a whole bunch of other things was a cocktail of technologies that enabled us to get past monarchies um, on a larger scale. But now we're getting to the point where we're doing things differently. And again, not to say that there won't be any more voting in government or anything like that, but um, voting on the blockchain just, in my opinion, just misses the point. Again, um, it's interesting right now and the experiment continues, but um, I just see it as a complexity, an area for, again, um, some sort of social engineering attack. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who thinks that Russia... Um, you know, participated in mass social engineering and got Trump in the White House. So why couldn't some, you know, entity, nefarious entity in the future do the same thing with Maker um, with a ton of different policies that could be very important, like the savings rate or the um, or the interest rates or anything else like that? Yeah, it's a totally fair point. Uh, We have seen voting systems really never actually be as successful as we want them to be in the world democracy, especially when like the American participate voter participation is like under 30%. Um, But that that's where the key factor of the incentive based voting comes in, I think, in MakerDAO. So you could be very, very right in the sense that voting just voting isn't doesn't trump simplicity and simplicity is the way to go. But if there is a way for voting to trump simplicity, MKR token holders are incentivized to find out what that way is. And because uh, the when MKR token holders vote correctly, and I'm defining correctly as in it benefits the health of the MakerDAO token or the, or the of the MakerDAO system, they get economically rewarded. So the more and more uh correct voting happens on the MakerDAO system and the more DAI proliferates and the more liquidity DAI has and the more people lock up their ether and cdps the value of the token of the mkr token should be going up uh based on that fact if a bunch of mkr token holders come and um you know just mess up the system and give out like negative interest rates and you know just allow one-to-one collateralization to die issues and allow a bunch of other risky behaviors the mkr token is going to fall in value uh, because either people don't trust the system or they're threatening uh, minting of mkr token Uh, and so it's really a matter of do the voters figure out the right cocktail of incentive schemes and uh, the right balance of interest rates and the right tokens to collateralize. And if they do, they will be financially rewarded. And so we we don't really see America or current democratic systems having this s- sort of like economic incentive in their voting scheme. And so I'm, I'm, will, I'm optimistic that that economic incentive uh, enables people to really choose the right decisions moving forward. Yeah. And maybe having the heavy monetary and transparency that comes with the system is the missing key to getting voting right. But, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. I just, 
I can't stand voting on the blockchain. And I think one thing that makes Bitcoin really resilient is people don't agree on who you have to convince. Do you have to convince the miners? Do you have to convince the nodes? Everyone seems to have a perspective, yet no one is really convincing anyone unless it's a um, you know really valid um, proposition that meets consensus eventually. Um, so I feel like you know those combinations of you know kind of realities in how Bitcoin is managed and how consensus um, you know people arrive at consensus is why it could be digital gold. And it could be money in the future. I think that these two points really illustrate both the, the pros and the cons of these of these two systems. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I own Bitcoin just because it's a smart thing to own. And I own Maker because I want to participate in the ecosystem. And I think they are both going to do just fabulously. This is not financial advice. Again, there's smart people who are back in Maker. So and, and who am I to say that it won't do anything? It's already quite impressive so far. Um, again, you know, just kind of uh, pontificating here, but uh, always good to have a good debate. I think this was uh, this is a good one, and I know I know there's a lot of people out there in the community who wanted to hear this, both on the maker and the BTC side of things. So let us know who won. There's a there's one more point I actually wanted to make the one more parallel between Bitcoin and Maker, uh, and so Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin maximalists love this thing called Lindy effect, and the Lindy effect is. Um, when something is around for a long time, it's more likely that it's going to be around in the future. Uh, and so examples of this are the pyramids of Egypt, uh, the Great Wall of China. We can probably expect that since these things have been around for a thousand years, that they're likely going to be around for at least a few more hundred, if, if not another thousand. Um, and we can c compare that to something like uh, the, the White House of the United States or some modern building. Uh, that's only been around for 50, 100, 150 years. Not been around for, the, for that very long, so it's harder to guess that that thing will be around in the future. So since Bitcoin came first, it's got the biggest Lindy effect of them all, and that's given its network effects and its, its economic incentive to mine it and therefore network security, and so it's very strong in that regard. But MKR has this actual mechanism that that fosters Lindy rather than just uh, accrues it normally like other uh, other systems. And so the, the system here is that uh, as more and more MKR gets uh, burned from people uh, paying back the interest from their debt, uh, the MKR token should theori re uh, theoretically appreciate in value simply because uh, demand stays the same or yeah, demand stays the same, but supply goes down, therefore price goes up. And if the price of the MKR token goes up and then there is a black swan event that requires MKR to be minted, less MKR actually needs to get minted in order to provide sufficient collateral to back up the MKR system. And so if we have a black swan event tomorrow, there's probably going to be a lot more MKR needing to be minted in order to collateralize a system than if a black swan event happens in 10 years. Uh, and so if if we're if MakerDAO becomes under collateralized by ten million dollars uh, and uh, MKR is, um, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, quick math here. What is that? Th another thousand maker needs to get uh, minted. I don't know if I just did that right. But if uh, if uh, in the future uh, the MKR token is worth, um, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, then only a hundred MKR tokens need to get minted. And so there's this Lindy effect thing going on that uh, protects maker the MKR token value the longer that it doesn't get minted. And so there's it's kind of a similar thing as, as uh, the Bitcoin Lindy effect.
Yeah, and I mean, I'm not 100% sure I agree with uh, the usage of Lindy Effect, but I see, I definitely see what you're saying with the Lindy Effect plus the depreciation, the theoretical depreciation um, compounds on each other, um, which is a very interesting observation. And I'm curious if something similar like that happens. I mean, I know that that is true with Bitcoin hash, is that like future um, hash rate is just completely. Um, you know, it's not even comparable to past hash rate. It's kind of like um, it would take a lot of energy to reorg 200 blocks. But once you get to block 201, all of a sudden, you know, you can re- reorg all of it with your existing hash rate just because the amount of hash backing those up is just so much less. So uh, I think the interesting thing about all of these systems is that and network effects in general and, you know, all these other effects that people often quote um, is that they all compound. When people talk about technology over network effects i just have to argue the other way that you are vastly underestimating how powerful network effects are in all right christian got any any last criticisms of MakerDAO? no uh keep up the great work MakerDAO community i hope a bunch of you guys are listening uh i know i you know made some some rough points uh but i think you guys are doing some great stuff anyways Cool. And yeah, for you, for you guys who want to read more, check out my numerous articles on MakerDAO system. One of them is about how MakerDAO might uh, create a positive feedback loop of Ether price. Uh, one of them is about uh, what I just talked about, the Lindy effect and what doesn't kill Maker uh, makes it stronger. And then I have another one that I'm making kind of like a, a call to action, join the MakerDAO governance system, participate in the community, make the system stronger. So stay tuned for that. Are you going to become a MakerDAO politician, David? Well, I, it's my duty. I have a MakerDAO token, so I, uh, you know, I have to do my duty and and voice what I think is the correct uh, path forward for the MakerDAO system. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, community is a big part of all of this. So glad you're participating in your community. Participating in the Bitcoin community for me is just trolling and buying Bitcoin. So I'm gonna keep doing that. It's a, it's a good time. I enjoy it. Follow the podcast at POV Crypto Pod. I'm on Twitter and on Medium at Trustless State. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. We really, really need them. Uh, we're trying to get this thing launched. Yeah, thanks for listening. You guys, I think we are at like 14 or 15 reviews. We need to get to 30. That's how we get on page one, all right? Just get us to 30. We'll be very happy. Very, very happy. You can find me on Twitter, CK underscore Snarks, CK underscore Snarks. We're going to be busting out a bunch of episodes in a row here. Just book some dope-ass guests. Going to reveal them later. Uh, A lot of uh, exciting stuff happening here behind the scenes at POV Crypto. So stay tuned.
miss a phone.